0: This morning we're taking a, a, a literal and a biblical <laughs> detour. This morning, um, our pastor is on his way back from uh, Bakersfield, so and he's he's stuck. the The grapevine is closed, so uh, I'm uh, I'm here to preach this morning for him. So uh, glad you're here, visitors as well. We get the privilege. Normally, we're in Second Peter. Angelo's been taking us faithfully through that that letter from Paul to Jewish believers in Asia Minor. And we're going to take the detour into 1 Peter. Uh, This is what we've been going through as a college ministry, Christ our anchor. Uh, We are now in chapter 2, but I am going to chapter 1. So if you would turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter (laughs) 1. And if you've read First Peter before, it's much of what we, we sang this morning. It's hope. It's security. It's Christ-saving work that applies to every believer in Christ. Right? No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever, ever pluck me from his hand. Those words are so sweet. You know, if you know Jesus this morning... You wanted to sing that out, didn't you? You know, it was, it was joyful. It meant so much to you, right? We sang that other song. All we have, all we need, all we want is you, okay? That's the song of the believer. Because, not the believer himself, not because anything that the believer has done, but because everything that, the Je- that Jesus Christ has done on his behalf, on a sinner's behalf. And that's why the believer could stand, sing boldly. He is all we need. He's all we have. And he's all that we want, right? So this is the detour we're taking this morning in First Peter. Believers here in this chapter, 1 Peter chapter 1, are facing great persecution due to their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. These are Jewish believers, and because they place their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, they're experiencing great persecution because of their faith. So Peter writes this letter to these churches in Asia Minor. And his intent was to remind them, okay? Jesus is all you need. You are royalty now. He has brought you into his royal family through his perfect life. His substitutionary death on the cross. And his resurrection that proved that God's wrath is satisfied. And now you could stand a sinner can stand righteous before a holy god now because of what Jesus did. That's his that's his intent here is to encourage them, remind Jewish believers of their roots, right? It's like a king who forgets, you know, he's in battle and he 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 gets worried about the opposing army. How could I over how could I overcome this how could I find victory? And then his people, his, his closest confidants in his royal party remind him of who he is and who he stands for. You are the king. And we as believers, we stand for the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Peter's reminding us, if you're a believer this morning, of your roots. You stand because of what Christ has done on the cross for you. And sometimes we just need a little reminder. Even these songs was a great reminder, wasn't it? It was sweet to sing these songs of praise to Christ for what he's done. So Peter is encouraging them of the truth of who they are and what it, be, what it means to be united to Jesus Christ through faith in him and in his word. So that's my intent as well. To remind, if you're a believer this morning is to remind you of your roots, right? Your roots, its foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving work on the cross, his perfect life. And that it is finished right when he when he said it wasn't he wasn't talking about his his life his earthly life he was talking about the saving work that he accomplished on the cross on sinners behalf it is finished and that's what you stand on right in christ alone my hope is found he is my rock my my, my strength my song he's the cornerstone he is the solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. So are you facing trial, tribulation, hardship? This morning, remember your roots. First Peter encourages us that your, your salvation is eternal in Christ. It is secure. It is a living hope. Let me read our, our passage here. and point to you just a few. We're actually in verse 22 to 25 this morning. But this living hope is based earlier in the chapter what Peter has written to the Jewish believers here. He says, starting in verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen... You see that God has, if you're a believer this morning, God has chosen you. You have special privilege. He has chosen you according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the, of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Be, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Aren't those precious promises that you have as a believer? A living hope that is imperishable and will not fade away. If you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, that is a promise for you. That is security, eternal security that you could rest on, you could bank on, and it's founded on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished on your behalf. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, that's what he's inviting you to take part in. Isn't that an amazing thing? We talked about sinners. There is no sinner beyond the infinite stretch of your mercy. (laughs) Praise the Lord. There's no sinner beyond the infinite stretch of God's mercy. So if you don't know him this morning, this this message is for you. God offers you this. That, that believers already possess because of what he's done on their behalf. This could be yours as well. The Bible just says that you just must believe that he is all I need. As we sang. He is all I need. His perfect life. He exchanges his perfect life for all my sin. All your sin. And if you believe that he, his perfect life, his substitutionary death, and his, work, his resurrection sat, it proved God's wrath is satisfied, he says that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He takes your sin and gives you his righteousness and then now you could stand before the holy God And he'll accept you. He'll bring you into heaven. And you'll dwell with him forever. That's what's offered to you this morning. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you're a believer. And you've said, Lord, I've I've gone astray. I'm prone to wander. This is to encourage you, to remind you of your roots. Let's jump to verse 22. It says, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you were born, for you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. What we see here is that man without Christ forfeits all of God's riches found in his word. But Christ came to reveal the treasures that come from A relationship with him. Through hearing and knowing his word. So God gave you this passage so that you would know and cherish his word. That brings eternal life through Jesus Christ. And what I want to point out in this passage is. God gives you five treasures. Five treasures that come from his word. The first treasure that comes from his word, from the word of Christ, is that the word of Christ, his truth produces obedience. Okay? We, taught, we sang much about the power of Christ, how it changes. When you hear the gospel and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, His word produces obedience in your life. We read earlier in this chapter that you were born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of what he did, his saving work, his perfect life, his saving work on the cross, and his resurrection, if you believe in what he did, he gives you new life. You are born again to a living hope. And this, this new birth produces obedience in you, in you. right? This is the power of Christ in me that we sang about. the power of Christ through hearing of his word through hearing the gospel it produces a 180 in your life right you're going one way following your own selfish desires and sins your own passions your worldly passions and your selfish passions but now you're walking the other way because you see your sin you see I'm I'm going the wrong way but your word is Calling me. It's warning me. Of the wrath. That I will face without Christ. If I don't deal with Christ. If I don't accept this free gift. That he offers me. I'm heading to my own destruction. And that's my choice. So God gives us his word. So that we could come to our senses, as it were. What am I doing? I'm choosing the wrong thing. I'm going the wrong way. His truth awakens us, and it produces obedience. What he's, what Peter is trying to, to define here. What does it mean that this truth produces obedience? He's trying to say that obedience displays true salvation, right? So if someone professes to be a believer, says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but then he does, he or she does sinful things. Continues to go the route of the world. Continues to follow his or her own selfish sinful pursuits what would you say there's no evidence that Christ has changed that person it keeps going their own way it keeps worshipping not Christ but self but when someone when when someone's life is truly changed by Christ they've taken a 180 now they're following Christ And there may be struggles, there may be temptations to follow his own way, his or her own way before, but the overwhelming direction of that life is now toward Christ and not toward self and not toward sin. Because true salvation, hearing the word of God and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ produces obedience it produces a desire, an overwhelming desire to go hard after Christ. No matter what the cost. No matter, like this church, first face persecutions for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't care what the co-worker says. They don't care what family members say. They don't care what the, your teammate, the criticizing for being a follower of Christ. It's because Christ has gripped them. They realize the treasure that they have in him, that he's given them freely, the free gift of eternal life, and there's no turning back. He is all I need. And that's the the predominant direction of that person's life. Though there'll be trips and falls along the way with sin, there is now a new heart, new eyes, new ears, that are directed toward worshiping, serving, and following Jesus now. Not self. So there is a, truth produces disobedience. And it's, the scripture is clear. You know, it may sound like this is something you do out of your own, your own desire and It doesn't say that in Scripture. Scripture says the heart is desperately sick. Right? It says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We fall short of following the commands. But it's only when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus that he gives you this supernatural ability to obey him now. You no longer have that overwhelming desire to serve yourself. You want to serve and please your new master you're not on the high high horse anymore Jesus is he's your king so it's a fully divine work we read in first peter uh, verse two first Peter one two it says according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, obedience has doesn 't come from you, it comes from Christ and what he's done in your life. Psalm 19 verse eight it says, "The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes when recall the first time you heard the gospel, maybe you are going this way, satisfying self and sin, but then someone preached the gospel to you, showed you the Bible. They turned it toward you and said, hey, read this. This is God's free gift for you. And he says that it could only be had if you, you bow the knee, you confess your sin, and you turn and from your life and you walk with him. Didn't it enlighten your eyes just like Psalm 19 says? Didn't it give you new eyes to see? Didn't it give you new ears? And a new heart? It it made your hard heart become soft and want to listen? Wait. Wait. I think I need to listen to this. That might have been you. That was me. My 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 dear sister would invite me to youth ministry. Dre, why don't you come out? This is good for you. You need Jesus. And I would tell her, No, that's not for me. Why would I want to go to that? I have I'm I'm good. I got this. Right, I got friends. I got my. I got all that I need. We think in our own mind that we have all that we need, but when we're missing everything, if we reject and neglect, disregard Christ and his word. Just as if instead of coffee and zucchini bread out there, free for the taking, there's gold bullion coin out there. And there's a sign, free to all who needs. You would be a fool to pass that up. And, but that's what you do every day when you neglect Christ's calling, his free gift that he offers you. Through his word, we're fools when we neglect so great a salvation. It produces obedience. I remember those days when I first heard the gospel, I became a Christian. God saved me. I realized through the word, through you know, I was sitting in church, hearing my pastor preach. It's like, wow, I'm hanging with the wrong crowd. I need to get out of this situation. So or change it. So he compelled me, you need to sh- say something, just as we heard last week. Speak the word to your friend. Right? So I began sharing the gospel to my, the crowd I was rolling with. I said, hey, I'm different, man. Christ has changed me, and he could change you. And one by one, they just walked away. I never had contact with them ever again. They didn't want what Christ had had offered. What I was telling them that Christ freely gave to them and they slowly, one by one, would not contact me ever again. They didn't want to roll with me anymore. But Christ gave me new friends. He gave me a desire to find fellow believers. And some of those brothers I still have, brothers and sisters I still have they're close friends to this day because of the bond, the unity that we have in the family of God, right? Because we're, we're beggars. We're, we're all beggars just showing other beggars where to find bread. It's Jesus. He's all we, we need, all we want. Just like, right? Right? where else the apostle said where else will we go you have you are you have the words of eternal life where else will we go don't be a fool don't neglect so great a salvation that's in Christ he can produce obedience in you you just have to believe lord i see my sin i'm tired of it would you change me would you help me from walking my way and help me to walk your way. Help me to obey you. because I know what you did on the cross. I know what you did. You could sympathize with every human sin and weakness. But you never sin. That's why you could be my substitute on the cross. And that's why God rose you from the dead after you paid the penalty for my sin. So you're all I need, Lord. And you could produce obedience in me. Would you do that? Would you help me? I bow the knee. I place my faith on Christ. Would you help me to now walk for him? Help me. Give me this obedience that I desperately need. Help me to obey and have faith in you. And he will do it. He will do it. It's his promise. Listen to this verse. Why don't you turn to Titus chapter 2. These verses. Verse 11 to 14. Titus chapter 2. Verses 11 to 14. It says... For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Wow, this is the power of Christ. He could change a sinner into a child of God who could stand in the presence of a holy God. So are you grateful if you're a believer this morning? Is this a treasure to you? That truth produces obedience? Are you grateful that God has opened your eyes to your sin and given you the ability to say no to it? Glorifying him instead by obeying his commands. And if you don't know Christ this morning... He could give this to you. When you place your faith in the Lord Jesus, you you too could have this treasure once you bow the knee and say, Lord, I've sinned. Save me and help me to walk in obedience. He could change you. So that's the first treasure that comes from the word of Christ is that it produces, truth produces obedience The second treasure from the word of Christ is that truth purifies souls. Look at that, since verse 22. Since you have in obedience to the truth, purified your souls. What does that mean? It means to cleanse. Here it describes a past action with continuing results. Not only did God cleanse you, from an impure past, that you were going this way, but now you're going, he, he's cleansed you, now you're going this way, his way. We also have, he also gave his children new capabilities for the present and future. So not only did he cleanse your past, your impure, sinful past but he gives you new capabilities for the present right now and for the future. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Psalm 19 Verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring the soul. Only God's word can restore your soul. Purify your soul. Cleanse it from impurity. Again, it's not something that you can do on your own. It's only something Christ can do once you place your faith and complete trust in his perfect life, his substitutionary death, and payment on the cross that was accepted by God the Father. 1 Corinthians 20, chapter 1, verse 26 says this, for consider your calling. It's all him. It's not even you, one bit. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble verse 30 says but by his doing you are in Jesus you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just that is as it is written let him who boasts boast in the Lord this is completely a work of God that you cannot accomplish on your own are you trying to accomplish this on your own by doing good deeds, you know, even, you know, just doing activities that are in your mind spiritual. You know, like coming here, physically present, in, sitting in church. That cannot save you. John fourteen six says, I am the way, speaking of Jesus, speaking of himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Your coming here physically does not save you. Just being present in church. You making a routine of reading the Bible. You know, we make resolutions. I'm going to read the entire Bible in a year. I got this plan that I got from this app, Bible app, and that Bible app. That's not going to save you. A little check mark to, that God makes note of to allow you into heaven it doesn't work that way the Bible says it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done he is the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but through him This change, this purification, this cleansing of your soul, only comes through him. You now we sing in the church, we've sang this beautiful song called, "When Christ, Our Life Appears," And it talks about sin, but it also talks about the Savior, right? We know that sin destroys and it leads to destruction, but there's this one phrase in the song that says, "The Savior will renew." What sin had torn apart. You know, we tear our lives apart. We tear it apart by pursuing our own sinful, selfish ways. But when you place your faith, all your faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, He will renew you. He will renew you. He will give you a new life in Him. That's why earlier in this chapter He says, born again. To a living hope. It's totally night and day from what, you, what you're what you pursuing now. Death and destruction is what sin leads to. It's a living hope that he's offering you this morning. So are you also grateful? Just like you were. Just like we said about how truth produces obedience. Are you grateful that his truth, if you're a believer, has purified, cleansed you, purified your soul? And you just want to speak about it. You want to tell the world. You want to tell your unbelieving friend, coworker. About this treasure that you have. And that it could be yours as well. His or hers as well. When you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the word of Christ produces obedience. The word of Christ produces, purifies souls. And thirdly, the word of Christ, his truth heightens love. It height, It heightens. Heightens love. We sang about it, right? What heights of love, what depths of peace when fears are still, when striving cease. It says in verse 22, Purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another from the heart. And the word love here is brotherly love, where we, Philadelphia, right? Phila, we know the word Philadelphia. This is brotherly love, just like the, the town of brotherly love, Philadelphia. This is sincere, meaning unhypocritical, right? Romans twelve nine says, let love be without hypocrisy. So sincere, unhypocritical love for the brethren fervently means to stretch to the fullest limit, to go all out, right? To go all out. (laughs) Like when you have a close friend and they just lavish you when you visit, you know? That's sincere love. Or they, you come in and you're like, wow, look at this meal that they prepared. Thank you. And then they respond, this is nothing. We love you. We love you. Enjoy it. Take a seat. We love you guys. Isn't that awesome when you get welcome, that kind of welcome? That's sincere love unhypocritical this is the love that goes to the furthest limit that goes all out reaches to the furthest extent this is the love that doesn't come from you it's the love that we see in the Lord Jesus Christ right for God so loved the world that he sent his son and he came we just celebrated it three months ago right almost three months ago in Christmas when Christ took on flesh fullness of God in helpless babe is the gift of love right that we sang about this love comes from him and this is the love that every Christian has possesses now and could start exercising it. Not neglect it, but exercise it because of the love that he's shown to you. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. It's nothing you did on your own or decide, yeah, I'm going to love because I just want to love. No, this is supernatural love that doesn't come from you. It comes outside of you. That Christ gives you when you place your faith in him. And this is your privilege. This is your treasure that you could take advantage of now. Are you showing love to the, to the brethren? Right? Are you sharing what you have? Are you giving what he's given you? Because of the love he's first shown you. And it's no issue with you because... You've been shown great love, and so you gladly show your brethren, your fellow brother in the Lord, your fellow sister in the Lord, the same love because of the love he's given you. That's the supernatural, natural love that is outside of you that he's given every believer. And if you don't know this this love that I'm talking about, again, this treasure could be yours. It could be had. You place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd gladly give you this ability to love. Not yourself anymore, but him and his people, right? The the ladies' ministry met yesterday. They shared all things together in common. They had this event and shared, you know, it's just a matter of, I don't think I could use this anymore or want this. In your own household. And the women gather together these items. And rather than give it to the goodwill. I'm first giving it to the brethren. I love you. Have first dibs. Right here. That's truth that heightens your love Christ can only do this you must place your faith in him and he will give you this treasure you know I saw Jojo the other day Jojo I didn't ask for permission so I hope you're not embarrassed this is my younger son I saw him the other day brushing his teeth, you know, brushing, you know. But he, he did this, you know, his left hand behind his back. And it reminded me, it's like, man, I do that. <laughs> That's weird, you know. I do that. Just an automatic brush, you know, and your left hand goes behind my back. But I noticed Jojo doing, I go, man, he's really my son, you know. He does, he has the same habits. It's in the DNA, you know. If you're in God, the family of God, you're just like your father. You're just like Christ. You love like he loves. You do the same thing because it's in the DNA. The new life that he's given you. First Peter. 1, 15, and 16 says, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. That's what the power of Christ does. He makes you, conforms you into the image of His beloved Son. You do the things Christ does. Naturally, now, it's not awkward or an unwillingness anymore. It's a love. It's a reality that says, wow, this is what Christ has done for me. What a treasure. Why would I want to go back? Let me run hard now. Let me run hard for him. That's the the love that He gives you when you place your faith in His Son. Okay, so the Word of Christ produces obedience. The Word of Christ produces purified souls. The Word of Christ heightens love. And fourthly, Christ's truth, it surpasses time. Truth surpasses time. So he says here, For all flesh is like grass, and all all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So all flesh refers to all humans and animals. Grass referring to Wild grass that was typical in the Middle Eastern countryside. Right? The phrase, the glory, the phrase, glory, life, the, the flower here, it says, it says, and all its glory like the flower. So, glory like the flower of grass speaks of the beauty seen. When flowers occasionally rise above the grass. So, you know, I was driving just on the 78 coming here with my family. Just look on the side of the the 78. There's green grass. We have been having a lot of rain. Then you see yellow, orange, even some lavender. So that's what peter's referring to there's grass and then occasionally the flowers rise above and you see its beauty that's what he's speaking of here so he he noted this and something as common as grass or unique as a flower right it's beautiful but even those things eventually withers and falls off they die Right? the grass dries up the flower falls off and dies you know Valentine's just passed I brought home some roses to Marlo they were beautiful when I first bought them she, she cut them put them in the vase but eventually they started curling over and I even I think it was yesterday I saw one of the buds fell off the stem it was on the kitchen counter and I was like wow that's what I was studying <laughs> the flower withers and falls that's the brevity of life so all human flesh all animal life all plant life falls off and dies my daughter cared for an elderly, elderly neighbor caregiver she was 94 and she recently passed, and it, this life is is a vapor, just as the scriptures say. You know, we have loved ones, though they're they're full of life, but eventually fall off. They just like the flower and die. Human life is brief. People pass away. In the grave, the poor and illiterate, this is from John MacArthur, I can't say it any better. In the grave, the poor and illiterate of no influence are equal to the wealthy and highly educated of great influence. Equal in the grave. In Christ, however, whether people are common or uncommon, right? Common like grass, Uncommon like the beautiful flower that rises above it. They will never deteriorate or die spiritually. Instead, they are like the word of the Lord which endures forever. And this is a treasure that Christ freely gives. The free gift of eternal life. And just like the living and enduring word of God, all who place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will never deteriorate or die spiritually. You'll live forever. (laughs) You'd be a fool to trade what you have apart from Christ for what he offers this morning. Come to him. His truth surpasses time. It will never fade or deteriorate. And you will neither if you place your faith in him. So the word of Christ produces obedience. The word of Christ purifies souls. The word of Christ heightens love. The word of Christ endures time. And lastly, the last treasure we see from his word is that the word of Christ motivates witness. The second half of verse 25 says, And this is the word which was preached to you. So, the word of Christ motivates witness of him to others. He's given you these five treasures that we just walked through in these verses. And he ends with, and this is the word which was preached to you someone actually, you had to hear this in order to be changed by it. Just like Angelo was preaching last week, we must say something. That's what the definition actually is. The word preached here in the Greek is trans, the Greek word is euangelisthine. Okay? from the same root word that means the good news or the gospel are we speaking this wonderful news that the Lord Jesus came that he lived a perfect life that he his perfect life hung on the cross as your substitute and for all that believes in him and his perfect life and substitutionary death could have this free gift of eternal life as you place your your trust and complete faith in in his saving work. That's our privilege as believers is to witness this wonderful news, this good news of the gospel to those around you that you know need him. You see those people going the wrong way, but now it's your unique privilege as his child to witness about him for you to tell them for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life Romans 10:14 says how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed how will they believe in him whom they have not heard and how will they hear without a preacher you're it You're the one who could open your mouth and witness about what he's done on your behalf. Psalm 19, verse 10 and 11. Listen to these words about the word of Christ. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb moreover by them your servant is warned in keeping them there is great reward is that your outlook on his word that it's priceless it's sweeter it's finer than gold it's sweeter than the honey of the honeycomb why am i withholding this goodness myself God is reminding you of your roots share him with others it's your great privilege now as his child to share these treasures that could be for all who believe and place their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ So the word of Christ produces obedience. The word of Christ purifies souls. The word of Christ heightens love. The word of Christ endures time. And the word of Christ motivates witness. So if you are a Christian today, take advantage of these treasures. These are yours now. These are yours now. Don't neglect so great a salvation that you've been given through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are not a Christian, and this is the first time you've heard of the gospel of Jesus, you're, question, you're asking yourself, What is this message? He will gladly give these treasures to you. He invites you today to come to Him in faith. And accept the free gift of eternal life. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a promise. He invites you to come. Come to him this morning. Are you weary with your sin? Has it weighed you down? Has it destroyed your life? He could restore what sin has torn apart. John 6, let's close with this. John 6, 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. You could come to him. He won't cast you out. He's, he's wonderful, as wonderful as we, you've seen maybe for the first time. Wow, these people are singing. You ever been in a church where no one's singing really? It's just the band and the choir? Well, people sing is because their lives have been changed. And they have a song to sing now. Because he, didn't, he doesn't cast anyone that come to him in faith. Would you come to Him today? Confess your sin. Believe on Jesus. And He will gladly save you and grant.